The views and opinions expressed during this show do not necessarily reflect like the, the policy, policy or position of any affiliated workplace or employer. The, the views, views and, opinions and opinions of this show, of this show do, do not constitute not. recommendations for therapy. Please contact a licensed SLP for individual consult on your situation. Please listen carefully. What is communication? Communication is life. Essential behavior of life. We have the both blessing and responsibility of trying to foster another. It's transmitting a thought from one person to another. It's the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other. The back and forth between two people. Communication is a lifeline. It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas or thoughts or names. Draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship, you know, builds up our families. Without it, we belong. Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve an impact. Communication is the ability to express your needs, wants, frustrations, and desires to anyone that you feel needs to have that information. Welcome to Speech Science, episode number two of season eight, or also known as episode number 170. Seven. I'm Matt Hot, a speech and language pathologist working in schools and now officially part time in home health care. Joined as always by our voice expert, Ruchi Capilla. Hi, Matt. How's it going? I'm wonderful. I'm so glad to be back on air. And then the PTSDSLP herself, MA Triple CSLP, Rachel Archambo. Did you miss me? I did. Did I miss any other <laughs> letters behind or before your name? No, I was hoping you'd mess up, but you did great. Nope. And our child expert moving anywhere and everywhere. The sun graces these United States. It's Michelle Wintering. Hi, Matt. Good to see you all again. Good to see you guys. It's so great. Uh, so uh, we just found out before we went on air, full transparency, the last episode may or may not be broadcasting, depending on your podcast user. So we will get that fixed. Uh, but how have you guys been? Let's start off with Ruchi. How is life on the West Coast the best coast? It's good. I mean, things are slowing down for the holiday, which is really nice um, and, and sorely needed. So I feel like I'm like reorganizing a lot of things with the practice. Um, I was asked by my alma mater to teach phonetics next semester, which would be my first time being an instructor for um, undergraduate students. Ooh. That's like my favorite topic. So that's really good. And then it was just, you know, I'm excited to gift a lot of stuff to my niece and nephew. Just write it out. Have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? When I did my undergrad, uh, my leveling courses, because I went to Kent State uh, in the bad adult decision program, which is where if you had an undergrad and not speech, they let you take these classes for speech therapy to get into grad school. And that is where I learned that I said the word umbrella wrong was in phonetics. Why do you say it wrong? What do you mean? I guess it's like my Southwest corner. I used to be like umbrella instead of umbrella. I, I don't even know the difference. I feel but like it was what's weird wrong with stress. either of those though. Yeah, yeah. I was just told that I stressed it incorrectly. Well, that is very regional. So yeah, I'm. we're <laughs> going to teach phonetics in a very like, this is a way for us to transcribe things that we hear and uh, not we're not going to diagnose things kind of thing and in a just, right and wrong accent sort of way yes yeah yeah exactly. I was the only one without the Cleveland A. oh the Cleveland A of Northern yeah. Ohio I know that one so was it umbrella umbrella I, I think they were like umbrella and I was like umbrella like a surprise that's I don't know. Fine. I always threw off all my, my phonetics. My partners. leveling class for phonetics, because I also took the longer route to become an SLP, <laughs> um, was online, not video. It was online and um, in chats, like typed out chats. <laughs> nope. No, thank you. Um, and then also I did learn in that that I could not tell the difference. I can now between when people would say C-A-U-G-H-T and C-O-T. There was no difference for me when I transcribed it. Oh, it's, I still have no difference. Caught in my... and caught or caught and caught. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I caught the cot and slept on the cot. I say I'm the same. Rachel, uh, a month ago, I got to see you in person and did not 
get confused if we went to grad school together or if I had ever seen you before. So hello. Hello. I also have a great story to tell about Matt when I saw him at ASHA. Yes. Do tell. I missed being at ASHA and I wish I could have been there with all of you. So fill me in on all the stories. We missed you, Michelle, but it's funny because Matt was walking with Julie. Hello, Julie, if you're listening. Um, And I just see Julie's blonde hair walking through the crowd. And then I see next to her is Matt and Matt has two drinks in his hand. He's got his bag on his shoulder and Julie is laughing hysterically. And she'll non-alcoholic guys. Yes. Yes. Correct. Um, which is part of the story, Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) Julie's laughing and I was like, what's up? And she's like, you'll never guess what's in Matt's drink. And I was like, what's in your drink? And Matt explains that he thought what was in his drink was like iced tea, but what was it a combo of Matt? So uh, Michelle, you as the Ohioan will appreciate that I tried to make an Arnold Palmer. And what is in an Arnold Palmer? <laughs> That's not just an Ohio thing. I know, half but like tea, half lemonade. But like Pick Ohio State serves. golf, Arnold Palmer. Yeah, right. I know. So lemonade, <laughs> sweet tea. So the lemonade was pretty gross. So I thought I read there was like unsweetened tea, and on next to it, I just assumed was sweet tea, and it was iced coffee. Oh. Oh, so he, he and was too proud to just say no. So you he just, just put he was bitter coffee with lemonade. Yes, and he was just he was, but it it looked accurate. If you're just looking at the see-through cup, it looks like a regular <laughs> Arnold's Palmer. But he was too proud to just put it down and say this was not what I wanted. So he was carrying it around. He was sipping at it, and then he finally was like, "No, no, I'm not going to do this anymore." But he tried his very, very best, and that was my Let first time seeing him uh, since Asha 2019 in person. What made it worse is the lemonade and the iced coffee kept making me thirstier, so I drank more of it which then made me even grosser and then more thirsty. (laughs) Michelle, how have you been? Let's just move on. Michelle, how have you been? Oh, wow. I I know I wasn't on our last episode and we haven't been on in a while. Um, Since I've been on with you all, we have uh, once again packed up and moved cross country from Central Texas. And I now call Asheville, North Carolina home. Woo! So Yay. there you go. Yeah. And my, my husband transitioned out of active duty army and we are excited to be somewhere without an expiration date. Wow. That's, huge. So that's a, that's a huge thing. <laughs> yep. So we have now three Eastern time zones and a Pacific time zone. Am I right? We yep. do. Awesome. All right. That'll make scheduling a little bit easier for me. Just two time zones now. Just two time zones to juggle. <laughs> uh, since Asha, I got a puppy. That's about the newest oh, thing. Oh, what kind of dog? A husky. Oh. Yeah. Where's so the husky? Uh, sleeping in the other room because it is six weeks old. Oh, so adorable. I will post something. Six weeks? Yes. That's like as or that most places don't even send them yeah. home with you at six weeks. Yeah, it was a whole thing. I was, yeah, I'll tell more off air. I already told Ruchi part of it. So, but I will Aww. send a picture to Rachel to post onto the speech science Instagram because I found out I don't have the password to that. <laughs> I'm in control now. We are the number one entertainment SLP podcast and none of us know what's going on. Just, just pieces. We all, all have right. pieces. On today's episode, we're going to wrap up a, or take a wrap up, I guess, a look back on how the ASHA convention was going. We got our SLP sh- uh, shout out. But of course, we want to hear from you. The Discord has few people in it. And I see people posting every now and then. So we want you to join there. Also, you can find us at speechsciencepodcast.com, speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Even though it's been a while, I can still memorize all of that. That's like, very what impressive. Bike, Matt. What part of your brain does that? I don't remember. Definitely long-term memory. No. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do the ASHA wrap-up. And Michelle, we're going to tell you all the fun secrets that you unfortunately had to miss out on. Um, Ruchi, were you there on the opening night walkthrough? No. No. I was flying in. I probably got in around, like, I want to say, like, 1040 or 11 at night. 
Okay. I actually, that was, I don't remember doing that in Orlando or Denver. I really enjoyed being able to just kind of walk the floor Mm. that first night to really try to get, you know, a lay of the booths, talk to people and really just kind of pick up all my pens that I was going to need for the next three days anyway. (laughs) So let's start on the show floor. Like, what was it that was on the show floor that maybe you guys loved, that you guys hated, that you wish would come back? We can kind of start in any of the directions. I guess it was very cool for me to see people with booths, the friends that I've made online Mm -hmm. um, and seeing them in real person, uh, real life. Um, I'm thinking of Sam from speaking of semantics specifically to see how deep her line was Mm -hmm. for people to just tell her how much her message resonated with people. A lot of, grad students, undergrad students that are considering the field of speech and are at their first ASHA and look up to Sam and um, Sam was a champ. She was taking pictures all day, every day. She had a smile on her face. And those are convention days are long days. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. Doesn't matter if you're just hugging people and saying hi, it's a long day. Um, there were so many people that I saw on the exhibit hall floor that I had made friends with online over the past five years that I've been doing this. And it was really cool to see them in person. So that was my favorite part of that exhibit hall. That first day was just running into people or like going to their booths and making sure I said, hi. I got yelled at by Jenna Castro Caspon, the, uh, private practice SLP, uh, because I have not started my private practice SLP ship yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Thanks, Jenna. Uh, also, it was fun to run into Ayelet Moranovich. The uh, the the Ayelet, yeah, yeah. we've had her on a couple times. I think learning with less. Thank you. Learn with less. less. Yeah, she and, has a series of books that are really yeah. great. Yeah, and I presented with her back in 2019, so that was really cool to run in into her. Uh, what about you, Ruji? I've got a couple things that I I loved out there, wise, but I want to hear from you first. Um, I thought it was really cool that Patcom Medical was doing a giveaway of a mm-hmm. feed system. So I definitely entered for that, did not win it. I'd love Aww. to hear who did Ooh. and like for them to document their whole experience with that. What a cool giveaway. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then with, a, uh, I believe it was like dysphagia evaluation specialist, Valeria Krivilevich had like some amazing um, resources. Um, I've definitely bought a couple of her resources in the past for um, fees evaluation and just like anatomical uh, variations and things to be able to note during the fees exam. So she was really great. She also had awesome stickers. (laughs) Um, Definitely dropped by JRC, the SLP, um, and picked up a bunch of swag as I did last time in New Orleans. Um, I, you know, and I feel like I'm spacing other than that. Cause it was just, it really was pandemonium um, <laughs> simple practice. So, I mean, there's bias in that because they're the EHR that I use for my private practice. So, um, shout out to Laurel Directo from there. Who's, who's actually my Asha step mentee and actually helped me get started and works for them now. That's cool. I got to do, uh, I mean, it was on a mannequin, but I got to do a fees. And I got to feel uh, the uh, amp care sticker electrocution thing on my neck. Uh, I got to, you know, I loved all of this medical stuff that I don't really get to dip my toe into very often. So I love seeing that. Um, On the flip side, I still don't like when we see booths of just selling random like the jewelry or yes. whatever. Yeah. Like okay. I, I almost feel like it, like I was going to call it craft show stuff. Like they're not, it's not like an extra part of the booth, but it's the whole purpose of the booth is like the, the, that kind of stuff. That was the part that I still, I just, I don't know how I feel about it. And, like, and it's not just the craft show stuff, but it's like anything that is like, Oh, we're just selling koozies and coolers. And it's like, okay, cool. Like why the well, hell are you here? So I, I, I mean, really, I do love some of the swag though. Like the, the, yeah. oh, the swag is the swag. I love the swag. The SLP swag. I think we all enjoy in seeing everyone's mm-hmm. individual take on it and mm-hmm. 
our own tastes with it. Um, what I think you're talking about, Matt, was there was a table that was like jewelry or yes. there was a, a scarf one. And yes, 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 know, yes. What my oh, question- Oh, nothing speech related. No, no. no. And my questions that I ask when I see something like that is, is this a standing booth that is at every single convention that is there? You know, hmm. is this is this a business that- goes to the convention. I these are the questions that I ask myself is like is mm. this just for speech? Mm, is is this a continuing booth? But I don't know why they're there. I don't know what their sales look like there, you know, um because people are blowing money on dollar stickers, you know, but That's um, true. no. But I do ask myself those questions when I'm there because I'm not sure I've heard from many of the exhibitors how expensive it is to be an exhibitor. So I can't imagine putting down that kind of money for something that is not like a guarantee. What about you, Richie? Was there a booth that you were just like, yeah, why are you guys here? I I honestly think part of it is that there's just too many. Um, and mm. like okay. navigating, navigating was really challenging. Like I wish they would group. Um, I feel like I don't, did they really group the, the booths by like specialty area? Cause if they did, that would have been mm -hmm. really awesome. So I also, Go ahead. No, go. I, I think that there's some like payment that they get to choose where they would like to be in the aisles. And maybe there's someone that purchases the purchases ahead and they say, oh, I'd like to be across from this person because that's going to get more traffic to me. Mm. I think there are pay scales. The farther out you went, the cheaper it was. Um, so there's uh, uh, many, many factors. Makes sense. That is a, a I didn't realize that, Rachel, that it was based kind of on how much you paid. I mean, that makes 100 percent sense. We do that with the Cincinnati comic or with the expos that like comic expos, but I guess that makes sense. I definitely like to know more about it, but you could definitely see like towards the middle, you had these big super duper right in the middle has multiple rows wide. And then you have towards the right side, like my County that I work for was just a table. And I heard from some people that were in the middle, they had to purchase a floor. They had to purchase mm. chairs. They had to purchase all these things. And I asked my boss that was on the very cheap side and they're like, no, we didn't have to do any of that. So I think that there's different tiers, different standards for where you are, but mm -hmm. I definitely like to know more about that. And it's kind of, zoned. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go to a couple of dinners with people and get drinks afterwards. And one of the people I was talking to was running a booth and they talked about how they went to get coffee services. And it was like a couple of grand just to get coffee service yeah. at their yeah. booth. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Uh, what about classes? What were some of the classes that you guys, that y'all loved? What were some of the ones that y'all hated? Maybe not hated. Maybe we shouldn't call anything on the carpet. I will go with, uh, besides the one that I was not allowed to sneak into for you, Rachel. I tried to sneak into Rachel's. I didn't realize we had to pay to get in. The master class was apparently <laughs> a, a paid, a smaller venue, which was really nice. Had a lot of people there, but yes, they were, uh, they had someone guarding the door. <laughs> so Ruchi and people. I just drank instead. We just hung out yeah, in the lobby. Yeah, it was um, yeah, a good time. <laughs> the one of the classes, you know what I did not like? It's not a particular class, uh, because I feel like the class was probably really helpful uh for certain people, but I felt like a lot of the descriptions on the classes were very either misleading or mm -hmm. uh they weren't accurate because there was a couple of times I went to a class and it just did not match at all. And the one I'm thinking of was one that was talked about like creating AAC opportunities or something. And I assumed that it would be about AAC use in the world. And it was just about like actually designing AAC interfaces. Yeah, I think that presenters definitely need to make sure what they are advertising as their objectives are what is going to be talked about and in depth. Um, I also think that because I was a presenter this year, I know what the process is that they ask you like eight months in advance. Mm -hmm. So maybe when you do the call for papers, you're like, oh, I'd like to talk about this. Over time, when you're meeting the deadlines and everything, your your idea kind of changes or you kind of forget what you're doing, which that's a mistake on your end to not say, hey, these are the objectives that we are going to be working with. But um, yeah, I, I heard that from a good amount of people that said, you know, I went to this 
one session that I thought was really for what I needed to learn about. And it ended up not being what I wanted um, or what the description was. And I missed another session that I heard great things about. So it, it's tough. Asha, there's so many presentations all at once. It's really hard to choose, but I really did like that they had an online option for people that mm -hmm. attended. Um, if you opted into the virtual part, um, or if you if you bought the full Asha in person, you automatically got the virtual one, which was nice. I did not enroll as a presenter to have it online. I did have mm. it live streamed. I had my two, uh, my intro on Saturday morning was live streamed. So I know people watch that from wherever they were, which was really nice. Um, but other than that, I, I think it took some pressure off of having to go to every single one that I wanted to, because there was a virtual option. And I really appreciate when these conferences do both. What about you? Uh, oh, sorry. Go for it, Richie. No, it's fine. I mean, I think I think it is very discombobulating and dysregulating to try to figure out where you're going to go and get everywhere in time, especially if there's like two or three different venues that are next to each other that you're trying to get <laughs> to, um, which I gave up at some point. But the one that really um, stood out to me um, that I had, you know, really kind of intended to go see was Miss Major speaking, mm -hmm. who's a Black trans woman activist who was at Stonewall. Um, she had, um, she is a stroke survivor. So she talked about her experiences accessing services as well as her history of being, you know, an advocate for the community, um, which was, it was just really moving. Gregory Robinson, um, they are a a professor and a speech language pathologist at UAMS, which I believe is University of Arkansas Medical Sciences, and is also like um, an officer of Legasp, and uh, really did a wonderful job in terms of having this really candid conversation with her. And it really spoke to how we need to have more opportunities to talk to. I want to hear more from patients and clients at ASHA versus other SLPs mm. in terms of understanding where the mismatches happen or what what's really valuable um, in their words. Um, I think that was, a, it was a really well attended session. Um, there were so many things I did want to attend, but because Gregory um, had to fly home earlier than expected, I filled in for them um, for like leading the Legas meeting. I went to the town hall around allyship, which is a really cool opportunity to talk to all the multicultural constituency groups like the Hispanic caucus, the Native American caucus, the South Asian caucus, the Asian and Pacific Islander caucus, disability caucus, which is a, I'm a part of as well as Legasp. Um, and, and the Haitian caucus, um, as well as the, I, I believe it's the Middle Eastern and North Afri African caucus. So it was like a mm -hmm. mix of like representatives from all of these different places. It was kind of like having like a cool, like UN sort of talk and getting to speak candidly. So I realized that anytime I attend a conference, I just, I need to assume even if I didn't go to like present, it's just going to end up happening. So I might as well uh, <laughs> submit something. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, Rachel, like I think a lot of people do are forgetful about what they're presenting on or things are very be beginner level. They don't really ne necessarily mm -hmm. cater to people who want to have deep dives into their subspecialties um, or it has to be a master class or something that you could purchase on top of the, you know, relatively high priced like overall. Yeah, for the cost. very much for the deep dives. You're right. Yeah. But, so... but what was interesting with my master class, though, is that. I asked everyone at the very beginning, you know, who has taken a class on trauma-informed care? And many of them did not raise their hands. So I had to build that in. I had to make sure that if I was presenting something and people were there that had never taken a class on trauma-informed care, that they could still follow along. So I did have to do like a bit of a review for everyone and then was able to build on that, which was really nice. But I think you have to, as a presenter, know what people are looking for, um, know where the discussion points are in your area, what's going to be asked. And presenting is tough. It really mm -hmm. is. Like, it's a lot of preparation. Um, and I give people so much credit for for applying to do it. And especially at ASHA, like there's it's a lot of people. I think during the opening ceremony, they said 
almost 15,000 people were there for this. It's a big conference. It's overwhelming. It's overstimulating. Like Ruchi said, like I, mm-hmm. I got home from Asha and didn't talk to anyone for a full three days. Like I, <laughs> I could not do it. Um, but I, I think, I think it rejuvenates a lot of us that mm-hmm. are just really burnt out from speech that we get to see the people that we follow, that we've become friends with, that are leaders in the fields that have good ideas, maybe something that you're struggling with, that you've got a, a student that you just don't know where to go from there. I think it's a really great place to find collaboration, um, but it is overwhelming, totally. I you you, you, you uh, I can't even speak. Makes me want to stutter. Like the what you were saying about like rejuvenation. Like I made that post on Facebook, and it reminded me of a quote from a professor I had at Kent State, where it talked like she's mentioned. You always go to ASHA to remember why we're SLPs and not to learn something new. And I never understood that until this year, where. I don't remember if it was the the drinks that we were having where we were talking about we wanted kind of root you what you were saying, more in-depth classes. But this was the first year that I didn't really learn crazy new amounts of information, but it was the first time I've left Asha ready to walk back into my classroom and in my home care setting uh, to do therapy. Previous Asha's, I was like, ah, oh, I just don't want to go back to work. This was the first time that I've ever felt like I'm ready to walk back into the room and make drastic changes. I mean, it sounds silly, but as soon as I got back, I had stolen, not stolen, taken a bunch of those like AAC posters mm-hmm. and got mm-hmm. them laminated. And then we've just been hanging them up in the school. Mm-hmm. So now there's like random touch chat and lamp, like AAC boards in the school building. Like in, in good areas, not just like I randomly placed them. Yeah. But <laughs> Well, you know, and and this is the this is the reason for Asha and conventions with speech. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm working with someone in my district who is a relatively young SLP that does has said to me, I don't believe in AAC. Oh, and okay. whether or not it's that they don't trust my opinion, they don't trust they don't trust the opinion of the AT program specialist in charge of that that is using all the most research backed information. I wonder if something like ASHA or a state convention would have them say, oh, this impartial person, they're not telling me what to do. This is this is what I need to do. I think that's one of the benefits of ASHA is just to see these people in the field that make sense of it when the people that you're working with, and we're, we're all burnt out. Like True. there are many of us in, in speech, we have very toxic env- environments that we're working in and- we're sick of the field of speech and we go to Asha and we see other people that are in the same position of us. And yet we're still rejuvenated to come back and say like, all right, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to try this different way that I learned. And I think that's really great for morale in our field. It's necessary. I mean, sorry, sorry. I mean, one of the things that like really hit me, it would help for me is like getting to see people in person that I'm very close to, or Mm -hmm. I've had like uh, strong, like online relationships and collaborations with, and we have whole conversations that I should probably get continuing education for. Yeah. (laughs) And that's that's, like the thing that's really like humbling about like the experience is that we have a bunch of people that we, we just run into when we have these very, um, lengthy conversations where we get to unpack a lot of stuff in person that we it's just not quite the same whenever you're trying to you know message each other or do a phone call or that sort of thing and so that was that was like a highlight for me great i i had reached out right that's what i think is the best part i haven't been there since i was there with you all in florida well two of you (laughs) but um this just makes me excited to get back next year like I had text Mei Ling who we, I was presenting with. And I told her, I said, whatever you do, do not let me go back to my hotel room and like shut down at all. And she had texted me and she's like, Hey, will you go with me to the Asian Pacific Islander caucus? And I was like, I feel like I <laughs> probably am not part of that group, but I will go as your guest. And because of that, and I'm missing out on the name, I got to meet the, the woman uh, who started the Asian Pacific Islanders uh, caucus. 
And through meeting her, I then got invited to dim sum in Chinatown with her and a couple other people with Mei Ling and just being like introduced to folks that have such different backgrounds and then talking to like SLPs from China and Vietnam and stuff like that. It was like, Oh my God, this is an experience that I will never have again. It, mm -hmm. it, it's those experiences, man. Yeah. Um, I hate to be Debbie Downer or Danny Downer. What are some of the things that you guys would want to see changed? I right off the bat, hate, 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 hate the app, the app, the scheduling app, the whole thing made very little sense. And Ruchi, you touched on it, like having to figure out where in three buildings you were going to the app. Just, I don't know, man. I, I I did not like because I think in in Florida wasn't there like a a book copy as well. I I don't by times. I don't know if a book will ever come back because well, I I think that when Asha asks for our input, they say we don't need a hundred page book. You know, fair. Um, so I I think that we're stuck with the app. I do think that it was somewhat difficult to navigate, but I think that they also do a really good job on the app of describing what you need to do. They have people literally everywhere. As Fair. soon as you walk out of the exhibit hall, they're like, what are you looking for? Okay, that way, the Omni Hotel is that way. So I think the app is not necessarily the problem. What I found an issue Are you with saying I'm getting old and maybe it was the user error? Yes, you're a boomer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no. Um, the issue Prize that I, I know the issue that I had with scheduling, for example, for trauma informed care is there were many presentations on trauma informed care, which makes me really happy to see that we're talking about this more. But the problem that I was seeing was they were all stacked against each other. That's so common. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when I was trying to picture how this could be better utilized, why not stagger them down throughout times? versus across and this is just how i see it in my mind is like the same time period that you're going to have several of the same things that people are saying oh i'm going to go to this one trauma-informed course and then they're not offered again until the next day or something like that or i can't meet that i think it would be better to have apraxia all day long trauma all day long so for people that want to go to those things continuously they are able to rather than I have to choose this one over the other one. So you can Almost have like them a all track. staggered, right? Yeah. Like you're going to follow yeah. this track for that day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I do feel like there are these like huge chunks of break times. And I bless people who do poster presentations. Okay. No tea, no shade. <laughs> like, I think it's great that you submitted <laughs> a poster and that you're going to hang out and talk about like the research project that you did. But I'm not going to like necessarily spend a lot of time, especially in a place where there's a lot of people, a lot of visual input walking around and like talking to people and having to practice my speech and noise recognition. It's just not going to happen for me most of the time unless I'm seeing somebody specific. So I, I really think they could have more things, more presentations that are staggered in terms of the time frame where you don't have this, these two things at the same time, then a break, these two things at the same time, let people decide when they're going to take their breaks and just like fill the rooms with like, you know, 15 to 20 minute, like, you know, you know, whatever it was yeah. like, switching times or, 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 um, you know, transition times. I know I'm getting old. So, uh, I went to go see the posters and, uh, they're not posters anymore. I thought that was really cool that oh, they're all yeah. like screens and like it, digital, it, digital yeah. posters. And oh, I didn't know they did that. Wow. Yeah. Right. So like some of the, the, the presenters had video and, and, and Ruchi, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. I just thought it was kind of cool. Like, as you mentioned posters, like they were able to have like screens open upon screens. So, you know, back in the day where it was like, here's my research and here's all the stuff I couldn't put on a poster. Like I'm watching people flip through stuff and it was like, ah, oh, this is, why haven't we done this in the past? I don't know. Did they do that down in New Orleans? Was it the the screens or was it the posters? I'm not the person to ask. Oh, I thought you went. I'm sorry. I didn't go. I mean, I didn't I, go to the I, posters. 
I just don't, I don't know what, what it is. I think it's just that there's so many and then I get overwhelmed. I mean, I think, I think it's great though. I mean, but I also think, you know, for posters, make a digital one with a recording. Ooh, okay. Like maybe have like people like check in for like digital Q and A type things. That would be really cool. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, and like I don't know, like I would I would definitely spread Asha out in that way, um, and give people more time to do anything that are some of the online offerings. I know they want more of the stuff to be in person, but um, yeah. I was gonna say I went to a, the poster presentation because my boss's daughter Haley Spencer was presenting from UC, so mm. I went to go support little SLP grad students or undergrads. Very nice. Anything else that you all loved or would change or anything about that? Just kind of in the overall ASHA flow. I, I don't know if I agree spreading it out more. I walked Disney level amounts of stair of steps while I was at, <laughs> in Boston. I don't know if I want to walk 70,000. I walked 35,000 each day. I don't need to walk. No, not <laughs> physically. Don't spread it out physically. Spread it out temporally for uh, like, yeah, digital I love that. things. Yeah, but I, I I agree with that. That was a big, it was a big endeavor, very active for me. But I, I think the the thing I would change if I ever had the opportunity to make the make the decision is line um the outside of the convention center with food trucks. Mm. Totally. I love this idea. Yeah, because it was very much a struggle. There were definitely many days where I just forgot to eat and it was like three yeah. or four PM and I was like, Oh, yeah, I probably need to do that. I, the big thing, I don't know how to fix this. And I, and I talked to a couple of people presenting on Saturday and they were worried because they had like the three o'clock segment or the four o'clock or the two 30 or whatever that last one was about how many people were going to be in their attendance. And I, I have no idea how you fix that, but that is such a, a, a bad spot to be. I know when it came to Saturday and I, and I, I'm sorry to walk on your toes there, Rachel, like mm -mm. when it came to Saturday, I was already back in my hotel crashing because I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I think that there are non-preferred times. I think mm -hmm. that the end of every day, the last session, you either have the people that started later that are like, Oh, I'm going to go to this time and mm -hmm. then I'll be out later tonight. Or you have the people that started first thing in the morning and they're like, I can't go anymore today. I've been here for 12 hours. I'm exhausted. I have other things to do. Um, I had Friday night. Mine was 3.30 to 5, which was almost the last mm -hmm. session. And then there were the parties that were happening. Um, my college, UCF, had an alumni um, and UCF meetup. So I went to that immediately after. It was like an, a 15-hour day. I was so tired. And then Saturday morning after that night had 830 in the morning. And, you know, I wasn't sure how many people were going to show up on a Saturday because some people had left already. They came in on Tuesday, Saturday. I left on Saturday, like that afternoon. So I don't know if there's a way to fix it. I think it's just the nature of number one being the week before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. I think is very difficult. Um, so people have to fit it in and they're like, all right, now I have to go home and prepare because I have the entire week off for Thanksgiving. So mm -hmm. um, I know next year, I believe, is the week after Thanksgiving. I yes. saw that. That's the first time in a long time. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see what the attendance looks like there. Um, I know one of the things that I was, uh, I'm still very much um, having germaphobe kind of issues that I cannot be near anyone who has cold symptoms, not because I think I'm going to get COVID just because I don't want to get sick. And um, I think having the ASHA convention or just a convention in flu season in Boston in the cold with 15,000 people is that is like a recipe for disaster. And a lot of people did get sick. And I got my flu shot before I got my COVID shot before because I didn't want to miss out on family time when I came back. Like I had my True. family coming in. So that was a way I prepared and thankfully did not get sick. Um, I'm interested to see next year in Seattle having it the week after what the attendance looks like. December 5th through 7th. Yep. Super convenient December in Washington. I'm excited as a Floridian. I can't wait. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> the only thing that like, 
I could think of to fix attendance issues on Saturday, and there is no way on God's green earth that it would happen, is that you put the awards banquet Saturday night. Like instead of opening with the awards, you close with the awards. And I know that will never happen, but that would be the only way you could get guarantee a majority of people spending Saturday on the convention floor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we see it with the comic expo I work where, you know, Sunday, like the speakers that come in to do stuff, presentations on Sunday, near the end of the show, everyone's already going home. They've spent three days on the show floor. Yeah. Um, what was one of the best parts that you all loved that was not speech related? So this is kind of the part where we rejuvenate our batteries. We've talked about the classes. We talk about if we ran ASHA, how we would fix the convention. Evidently, me being old and fixing the app doesn't count. What was something that you guys loved besides our speech science get together? Did mm. that ever make it on Instagram, by the way? I think I th it, it was a story. I don't think it was okay. a post, but we definitely, uh, po I posted a Side story. note, side note. I love shrimp. I ordered a shrimp cocktail. And Michelle, the shrimp cocktail, appetizer price, $21. How big <laughs> do you think the shrimp should have been for $21? Where were, there... were you? Where were you? We were at the hotel restaurant. <laughs> How big the actual physical shrimp should be? Or... Yeah. Was there five or four? It was five, I think. Okay, I didn't want to undervalue it. All right, there were five. All I can think of with shrimp cocktail is um, the good place. If anyone right. knows yeah. the show. Yes, right. yes. So would you expect them to be like big like fingers or like silver quarters? Well, you're in Boston, so whatever they are there, I don't know. <laughs> like, what's Yeah, they were like the size of quarters. Well, and there were they should five have given you more. They if were little. small, they should give you more. As was... I was eating it, Rachel goes, is that worth four fifty? And I was like, I don't know. Do you know, though, that a lot of the, Matt, you do know that a lot of the shrimp cocktail you buy at the store is composite. Like, it's not real shrimp. What? Right? What? Yeah. They're like, no. Yeah. You've got to check the labels, man. Wait, oh my what? Gosh. How do you oh. make a... Mm. <laughs> Okay, so Google this right now. You're just going to be sad. I know. I don't. <laughs> I think just like my favorite part of Asha was seeing people. Oh, yeah, you're right, Michelle. Yeah. Sorry. Is it composite? It's well, composite. I think when I'm talking about shrimp cocktail, I'm talking about like just the big shrimp in the shell. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, then you know it's got to be legit. Yes. That's <laughs> what I was really confused about. Like, I had to look up shrimp cocktail, and yes, you're right. There is like, pureed shrimp with stuff in it but Mixed no these were crab and like no, other stuff yeah this was like actual shrimp okay. <laughs> right, sorry rachel it's okay i was gonna i just wanted to say that I, I think seeing people who i've been in contact with um there was someone that i met at asha connect over the summer in june which was a great experience um they have been in touch with me up until um, Asha, we got together the first night, um, just kind of caught up for the last couple months and continued our discussion and just had such a, I find such a connection with these people, um, that I've met. And, um, I also think I met AC Goldberg, who we've been in touch over Instagram and, and meeting people in, in person, you're not ever sure if the vibes are there or if the connection is there. And immediately I was like, I like you, you know, and we walked around together and just, I, I love that part of it. And the socializing part, which is interesting because the socializing part is really exhausting for me. Um, so it's, mm -hmm. it's just like filling my time with good people. I think that was, um, my favorite part. The people is what I feel like I missed out on, like seeing yeah. people in person and having that experience that you've all talked about of, um, building you up in the profession again, instead yeah. of feeling like you're isolated because so many of our jobs on a day-to-day -day basis, we're not working right with other SLPs. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some that are, but most of us don't. And I so that. I just feel like something like this allows that connection and allows the in-person meeting, mm -hmm. especially, um, for those of us who are in the social media 
world of SLP to actually see these people and meet in person. I made that comment at, at school the other day when they asked how Asha was. And I said, it was like, so nice to talk to other SLPs about SLP issues Mm -hmm. and not have to like describe the issue in detail to Mm -hmm. just get somebody to go, Oh, that sucks. Do you want to go get something to eat? Like you didn't want to like dwell on it, but you just needed somebody to go. I recognize your issue let's move on together. You know what I mean? We're like at a school, everyone's like, I don't, we all have problems. And it it just felt nice to have. And and on the other side, the flip side, the celebrations of, Hey, we did this as SLPs Um, on meeting side, on people side. uh, I got to like hang out with some really unique people. And then also ran into a bunch of OU professors, Michelle. Really? Yeah, like one was Dr. McCarthy in a bar, so that was fun. I love that you sent me that picture, picture. by the way. For those um, of you who don't know, I worked for Dr. McCarthy during grad school in his research lab, his AAC lab. So, And then, Ruchi, what about you? What was the part that you will walk away with this? Um, You know what? I I think uh, for me, what landed was the encouragement to shoot my shot and participate as much as I, yeah. you know, I, I've been encouraged to do. Um, there were some presentation opportunities I wanted to do, but I was trying to take a step back this year and I might as well have submitted those. And so that's something I'm looking forward to doing for Seattle um, with a lot of, you know, colleagues and friends that I really care about. And I think also just like sitting, like there was one thing where we I, I sat with a few colleagues and like some are like a couple of people are new people, new friends, and one is, was an old friend, and we just sat at like my hotel bar and I taught them how to play business walrus, which is like one of my favorite yes. games. Yeah, business. I, I don't know this. I need to. Business Walrus is great um, for like, if you're, it's made by the same people who did Cards Against Humanity. And so it's just kind of like you're, you have to pick some cards and make a product and pitch it to whoever is the business Walrus that round and they rotate. And so you you get some cards, you have to match um, what the uh, investor wants, but also, and, and then usually you'll come up with some really hilarious or darkly comedic options um (laughs) uh in one game i that i played i came up with this idea of having a turtle that had a gps system that leads you to treasure and at midnight if you don't find the treasure it prints out a receipt that says the f word (laughs) (laughs) as like a tourist attraction kind of thing so it's just like ridiculous stuff that you get to figure out how weird you are and it's that's always fun for me is just getting to bond over the the strange stuff with with colleagues and you don't expect that it's going to happen but it does amazing i love it i i am hoping maybe i can get to seattle i am trying to find a booth that wants to pay to send me to seattle so if anyone wants me to work their booth i will uh, other than Speech that, science? I don't know. No. Speech, <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, you just sent that link in the chat and it's like $2,000 for a I booth did. space. I did. I found the link for registering for the we need, hall. We need an advertiser. We need to find a corporate sponsor. This <laughs> we need year. an yeah. advertiser. <laughs> New Year's resolutions, people. Uh, hey, as we, we haven't had an advertiser in a while. So. <laughs> uh, details coming. Uh, as we wrap up, Rachel, you had the SS Pod shout out this week. I do. Um, This is to Jordan from Fighting for My Voice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fighting for My Voice. Um, He sent me a book called Jordan's Journeys, A Not-So-Silent Christmas and Apraxia Story. So this is a book written by Jordan about his life as someone with apraxia. And it's just like a nice holiday book that you can read to little kids, um, use in therapy sessions if you want. Um, read to your own kids and there's a letter for Santa Claus in the back and by the way I'm Jewish but I still love this Um, (laughs) and then there are also coloring pages in the back so um, I I really like how Jordan shares his story as someone with apraxia and still working as someone with apraxia and I love that he put his uh, his message into this book it's really great so good job Jordan and I while you were had told us about him earlier before we were recording, I had looked up his website and he has other books too. Yeah. 
So yeah. definitely worth checking out his um, website, fightingformyvoice.com. I love it. Uh, any closing thoughts on our Asha wrap up? I, okay, cool. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there next year. So I'm going to go next year. It's on my coast. You got to make it happen. Michelle, if you're driving from North Carolina out to Seattle, just swing by and pick me up. Hey, I have done. Oh, enough I didn't tell the story on air. I will take a flight. <laughs> uh, I almost canceled going to Asha because I had a legit anxiety attack Monday night and decided to cancel my flight to Asha and, and you drove, drove right? from Cincinnati to Boston. Yeah. So. Did you feel better driving? Uh, immediately. Then that's what you needed to do. Well, I realize that, but like... No, I just, I, I'm, I'm glad you were able to. Uh, that was also why I crashed on Saturday is because I took four, three or four melatonin at like noon on Saturday or one so I could sleep during the daytime and then wake up rested to the drive back early in the morning. Oh my gosh, Matt. I made it. It was fine. Uh. Our intro um, music is please listen carefully. Go for it, No. Well, I was just going to say, we're going to like my, my husband and I and friends were planning to go to LA and take the coastal star line up to Seattle. It's a oh 35 hour train ride. What? Um, so you get the yeah, so you get the view of the thing. So I would the I, I don't coast. know, Matt. Yes. I was doing some research about an Amtrak that Ooh. you can pick up and take a train out to Seattle. Mm -hmm. You could head yeah. to Chicago and hop on one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have an Amtrak that runs from Cincinnati to Chicago. So there you go. Just it take gets, it gets go picked through up Chicago at and you'll head west. Yeah. Speech science. You can sleep. You can read. You could record the podcast. You can do all those things on your train ride. Oh my gosh. It'll be planes, trains, and automobiles 2024. And instead mm -hmm. of Dell, it'll be Rachel, Rucci, Matt, and Michelle. Yeah. Love it. I, I love taking the train. Candy. Let me be John Candy and we won't have any problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please listen carefully by Jazar, license under an attribution and share like license. And our closing music is The Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod, license under Creative Commons attribution license. Oh, I got to see Janice Wright. And I told her that we still use the Be a Willow uh, because willows bend and return to form and oaks uh, look strong, but they will crack. And uh, she laughed and then asked if we were going to give her any royalties from anything we make off of the willow. And I told her that we are so far in debt from the show. And she said she doesn't want to help. <laughs> you can check. Love you, Janice. $5. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Yeah. In December, we made 22 cents. We will send her part of that. Yeah, good. <laughs> oh, it's been fun. I will see you guys next week. Hey, let's do this again. Yeah. I'll see you soon. That's a plan. See you soon. Speech Science is edited and produced by MWH Production. Please follow Speech Science on Twitter at SpeechSciencePC and like our page on Facebook. And rate and subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts.